everyone. We'd like to welcome you to step into this captivating episode of Talk It Out as we introduce an exceptional guest who uncovers the secrets to conquering burnout and revitalizing your dental career. Now, speaking of burnout, we know that that is something that happens in a lot of offices with not just dentists, but all team members. And it's because of this that we felt a a mission to create something that is on demand that deals with burnout in real time. Yeah, you're right, Laura. I mean, we were compelled to put this together um, and we call it our Wellbeing Aware. Um, It's a virtual on-demand program. And the great thing about this is that you and your whole team can listen in the practice in small available pockets of time because we have recorded nine videos that are between eight and 18 minutes long. You can log on, watch them, and the whole team will benefit from topics related to well-being in dentistry. It's about prolonging your team to feel good and helping them like learn how to keep that going. Yeah. You know, and the cool thing about it is once everyone has completed, you not only earn a well-being aware certification for your practice, but you're also eligible for two continuing education credits. So it is a really cool thing. Yeah. Well, we would love to now introduce you to Carrie carter Chirellis, um, a hygienist and a true industry powerhouse. Now from consultant to coach, speaker to author, she has transformed her experiences into the ultimate guide for dental hygienist burnout. And in this episode of Talk It Out, Carrie dives deep into battling workplace hostility, um, reclaiming your health, and how to skyrocket your confidence. Her wisdom and passion will ignite your journey towards positive change. And she believes that change starts from within and ripples outwards. So let's join Carrie as she unpacks the roadmap to transforming your work culture while coaching you towards your personal best. So tune in now to our latest Talk It Out episode. Don't miss this empowering conversation with Carrie carter Shirellis, your gateway to thriving in dentistry and in life. All right, everyone, welcome again to Talk It Out. We are super excited to have Carrie carter Shirellis here with us today and honored to have her visiting with us about something that she is extremely passionate about. And I can't wait to get into this conversation with her. But first, Carrie, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. Yeah, fantastic. You know, I know that you do a lot of work and you're very passionate with helping team members, dentists, dental teams, hygienists with burnout, but also a lot of the things that go with what we see in the industry right now, where we have a shortage of people working clinically, and that's led to some divide. Um, Can you give us just a little bit of background about what brought you into this, how you help and what you think is going on? Sure. So what brought me into all the different things I do now is that I got burnout. So I've been a dental hygienist for 18 years. I've been in the dental industry for 24 years. And I got burnt out in my career mainly because I was working in a hostile work environment. So I, though I love the organization I was working with and I love my patients and a lot of aspects of my job, I felt disrespected and I felt like I was losing my voice. So I quit that job, went to another job where I didn't have as much of the work that I did there because I was a lead hygienist. It was really a laid back job for me and I was used to always being a high performer, but that allowed me to heal. I really recognized what I had been experiencing was burnout. I learned about that and gaslighting and boundaries and all this stuff. And I wrote my book, um, The Ultimate Guide for Dental Hygienist Burnout. And I started becoming a speaker. I did that consulting and started that work. So that's what 
that negative situation is what helps me to really relate to what I see going on in the industry um, amongst my colleagues, be it dentists, be it hygienists, just my dental colleagues. So that toxicity that I experienced throughout my career wasn't just that office. It was a number of offices that that happened just basically led me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, you know, you experienced it and I, I love the fact that you you took that experience and you're turning it into something positive by, by speaking out about this, by helping others, by really trying to be a change maker. And I, I think that's fantastic. But through that, what, what do you see when you're out there with offices? What do you see is going on? And wh- what do you believe is the reason that there is this divide right now? Well, I think it's been growing for a long time. And just the whole pandemic really let the pot boil over. So for a number of years, hygienists have felt that they weren't appreciated. We don't govern our profession. All these rules are decided for us. And so that can be very frustrating to have a desire to do more. And then you're not allowed to do more, just depending on what state you're in. So if in your one state, you could do laser, you could have your own office and practice. If you're in another state, you can barely do anything or say anything. So that could be frustrating. And then also wages have been stagnant for years. So for decades, they've been stagnant. So when I graduated in 2005 as a hygienist, it was $30 an hour here in Florida. And some areas are that or less still. And it's it's been 18 years. And so that hasn't changed. Inflation is worse. And in Florida, like the housing crisis is unbelievable. If I didn't have my house, I don't know what we would be paying for rent. So it's a lot of things have culminated into that. And then on the dentist side, you know, dentists are having to pay increased wages, increased fees for supplies and lower and lower reimbursement. So, you know, those are the different perspectives that happen right there. So it seems like we're not listening to one another and we're often fighting one another, like in the different Facebook groups and forums. And then on the hygienist side as well is quite honestly, a lot of us aren't getting the proper tools to do our jobs. So in our groups, we share mm-hmm. pictures of, you know, inadequate supplies. Sometimes it's almost like if you go temp somewhere, you, you're fiddling in a drawer or they're like, go use some instrument in there. So we're supposed to be healthcare providers. And sometimes we're going into these unsanitary conditions where we're supposed to use something on a patient we wouldn't want to be used on an animal's mouth and everything. When I temp, I have my, because I've invested in myself, I have all my own tools, all my own instruments. And so just in case I go into an office, at least I'm comfortable and I'm providing the care that I, I want to service. But there's been a number of cases where people have contacted me and they've actually reported the offices that they've gone into to temp to the to OSHA and to the health department because of the lack of sterility going on. So there's so much going on and I try to be a bridge and to see both sides and just to have open lines of communication. And you know, I also feel that at times sometimes the dentists they taught how to do the function being a dentist, how to fix the cavities and to remove the teeth, but they weren't necessarily taught leadership skills. And they weren't also taught how to have a productive hygiene department. So they'll be upset that they have to pay this wage that they feel is 
ginormous for a hygienist, but as a hygienist myself, I know that I've been able to produce more than what some associates produce daily. And it's just because of actually treating the disease as opposed to just doing a profi when that's not the right procedure. So it's a lot mm-hmm. of frustration on both sides. And I just try to be a bridge and to try to understand all perspectives. And I think that's not what always happens in the industry. Yeah. When you, obviously you've, you've met a lot of people who have been in situations where, I mean, I think the thing that stood out to me was the lack of autonomy in your role or in hygienist roles. And I mean, that is a well-known cause of burnout is that, is that lack of autonomy. But if I can turn it around for a second to look at something from the positives in a practice that you have seen, or maybe you've helped transform or a dentist, what, what is the key to making it work well? Communication. What are are practices who are doing amazing doing to make it really, really good? They communicate with one another and they have great workplace culture. So, I mean, with any relationship, if you don't communicate, then nothing can be positive or transpire. You're just stuck in a rut and everyone's venting to whoever. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm upset, maybe I go vent to my mom or a best friend or something. And so that's what we tend to do. But offices that make it work, they really are talking to one another. So instead of trying to have an exit interview, they're having well interviews throughout that time, throughout the whole year. Are you happy here? What can I do? What do you want to do to grow? So if I'm a hygienist and I have all this ambition, like I have about 10 jobs or 10 things that I do, I was underused in practices. If I had, if I had great ideas or I went to a great C course, or I read a great article and a magazine and said, we should implement that, but someone shut me down and just acted like I'm just a hygienist, then that does cause frustration. But listening to the whole team is very helpful because, you know, sometimes there's untapped potential in that team that isn't flourishing. And so they will leave because of that. So actually having that good workplace culture where everyone's thought is valued and then, you know, seeing what needs to be done can really help. So the doctor is busy, so they may not know that someone is in the back who's not doing something they should be doing properly. They could be very litigious for the whole office. So having good meetings, making sure people are getting paid for those meetings, but having good meetings and really discussing issues and seeing what everyone's opinion is for the office to actually grow. I think that's those are some positive things that mm-hmm. really the offices that I work with are able to turn things around. Those are really good points. And I love that you asked that, Karen. So from the hygienist perspective, what would the hygienist love the dentist to share? What would the hygienist love the dentist to communicate? I know that, you know, from the perspective of the dentist, that maybe there's things that they're not sure they should share, like maybe the financials of the office or what's going on. But what would the hygienist, in your experience and with those that you you talk to, what would they really like to hear from the dentist? Um, so I think it would be, I don't necessarily want to know all the financials because if you tell me you're going to go bankrupt, then I'm going to look for another job. So that's just it, you know? So, I mean... One office that I work with, I kept seeing all these different applications on the back machine all the time. And, you know, we were rushed to go cash our checks and everything just in case. I don't want to know too much. But at the same time, it is good to know what goals the office needs to hit. So what are the productive goals? What 
what ways can we save the budget? Or if you can't get me all the instruments that I need this month, how can we work towards getting what I need monthly? Or, you know, what do you need for me? So having correct job descriptions is good, is important. And then listening to the hygienist regarding the time constraints. So recently I attempted at an office of a dentist that I thought I had a positive relationship with, soured afterwards, but I attempted there and I was expected to see about five patients for full mouth SRP plus period charting and given an hour each for that. That, well, that wasn't, that's not good care in my opinion, in, in most insurances opinion, you know, there's time allowments for that. I thankfully, honestly, they didn't show. The doctor was not happy with that. It was nothing to do with me. I didn't call them and tell them not to show. But, you know, what can be done to best service the patient? Yes, the office needs to be productive, but we also have ethics. We also made a vow ourselves. We have a license to protect ourselves. So having open communication and talking to the hygienist regarding the goals that they have for the office, as well as if they feel that that hygienist, what they should be able to help them out. I'm big on co-diagnosing. Some doctors don't like that term because we aren't allowed to diagnose in most states, but recognizing that hygienists aren't just in their scraping teeth, that we are able to really get the patient in the doctor's chair by talking to them about things that we see or things that are treatment planned, as well as doing the necessary work. So that's some of the things that I think will be helpful. Tell me what you need from me in a respectful, kind way, and then listen to what I need from you as well. Mm-hmm. What what would you, you, if you were taking on the role of the hygienist of the United States, what would be in your letter to a dentist? What would you want them to know? What To put the question the other way around. I guess I would, I would want the dentist to know that I'm here for you as well. I want the practice to be successful. So I, I honestly, the problem I have as a hygienist is I treat the practice like it's my practice. And so I'm going to go above and beyond. And sometimes that has led to burnout and frustration because, you know, the dentist may feel like I don't know my role or my place, but I want the practice to be successful. I want the patients to be happy, but recognize that I also want to be paid what I'm worth. worth. So if I'm producing a lot for the office, then I, I want to cut honestly, because I'm very productive. I also want to have the necessary equipment to do my job and to not have ergonomic pain. So that is very important to me as well. I don't know. It's, it's, obviously, it's a list of things that I want. And I understand that some things can be difficult for a practice owner because they have a list of things that they have to take care of. But ultimately, I want a good work culture, a good work environment. I want to be happy that I'm going to work and not crying in my car or every couple of minutes when the patient isn't there looking on indeed.com for a better job. So those are some of the things that I think are most hygienists want. So money is a big deal. So, but it's not all about the money. So I left my job when I was burnt out to go to a job where I didn't make as much money because I didn't get bonuses and things, but I was at peace. In fact, in next week I'll be temping there two days for them. And it's really just to get me out of the house. I don't need to do that <laughs> and everything. So that's mainly what I would say is, you know, it's not all about the money. A lot of times it's about that appreciation too. So showing the hygienist appreciation for what they're doing is very important. 
And I think that's some that's what's led us to where we are now. A lot of hygienists don't feel appreciated. They kind of feel used and abused. And so recognizing that the way you treat your team really says a lot about you as a practice owner. And if the way you teach your treat your team the whole time they're there and when they leave. So even if that person is going to give their notice and leave, how you treat them on the way out is very important. So if you, you know, get rid of them right away, if you start cursing and, you know, it's very tense, then you don't leave that door open for them to ever come back or to even refer patients or anyone to you. So it could be very detrimental. So that's, that's what I guess I would say. That's a lot of pressure for me to be the hygienist of the nation. It's like president or something. I don't want that job. It's a lot. But I think those are mainly the things that most hygienists want. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring up a good point as far as, and it made me think about it when you said, you know, that you were burnt out and you went to a job where you were more at peace. And it makes me wonder about everybody in the in the office recognizing if somebody is burned out do you talk with your clients about that about maybe recognizing that you know your dentist may not be appreciating you because they may be on a continuum of burnout themselves because i think sometimes hygienists i've seen it in forums and then i do defend the dentists there they think that the dentists don't suffer from burnout or they get all that money. So, you know, and they don't necessarily know that sometimes the dentist isn't paying themselves so that they can pay the office and things. So yes, I do talk to my clients. And when I do my speeches, the importance of recognizing burnout in ourselves, as well as our team members, because the worst thing is when we hear that someone has hurt themselves or is having bad thoughts and you say, oh, I wish I had known. So a lot of times there's warning signs and we're just ignoring them. Or, you know, sometimes practices are contributing to the burnout. So really, if you see that someone is acting differently. So at that job that I'll be tipping at, the office that I love, if I talk a lot, I'll be at the front talking and doing my stories. And, you know, but if I come there and I'm not talking when I work there full time, I'm not talking at all. They would be concerned. They come in my room little by little. What's going on? Are you okay? So recognizing when someone's pattern has changed, what's going on? And it's not crying, but it's making sure that that person is okay. And yes, sometimes the dentist is not okay as well. If if you're in dental forms, you can see a lot of times dentists aren't as doing as well. They're burnt out. They're deciding if they should sell their practice or what are they going to do? Or, you know, there's a lot of different things there. So I do work with my clients to recognize that as well as to make sure that they're preventative with their team. And I think, honestly, I feel you asked, you asked earlier about what should dentists tell the team. And I think they should just tell them that. Just mm-hmm. tell them that they feel burnt out too. That they're, they're sorry for maybe the schedules being overwhelming or overpacked. And, you know, they're sorry that they did that. They just were concerned about finances. And what what are some options that you think that we could do so that everyone isn't burnt out here? Or, mm-hmm. You know, just if I know that a doctor is feeling burnt out, then I'm going to be a little bit more understanding and empathetic and try to work with them so that my needs are met, but that their needs are getting met as well. That That's a, that's a really beautiful sentiment that you said there, as far as, as the dentist being authentic and real, as far as what's going on mm-hmm. and how that could really alleviate so much pressure to just be real with the team and say, you know, this is why it is the way it is right now. 
how as a team could we make this better so that you know and and i think that i think that's a that's a scary place to go for a lot of dentists to be vulnerable we know you know, we have that professional mask of stoicism on. We have everything all together. We're, you know, but on the inside, maybe we're we're not feeling that. So it's wonderful to hear you say that, that that if if a dentist came to the team with that vulnerability, that might really be an effective element of change. Mm-hmm. I I remember so one office that I worked at years ago is a DSO and my Friend, my close friend and I, we rolled into work back and forth together. We carpooled. And one of the dentists, she was a younger dentist. And we just start we like, she doesn't seem like herself. She, my friend's like, she seems gray. Like, have you noticed? And it turned out we found out that the doctor had had a miscarriage. And so just recognizing that someone is seeming different and then giving them more care, even though, you know, at that time we did not find out initially and we weren't crying. But recognizing that, you know, we're going to treat her even nicer because she's not seeming like herself. And so just picking up on different people's energies or, you know, making sure that we're kind to them. And that that was helpful. Now, if she was very mean and aggressive, then we probably wouldn't have reacted that same way. So it's just it's good to always have good energy, even if you are going through a change, I think, because I think the team, most team members really care about the dentist. And I think that's maybe what dentists don't necessarily know is that most team members really care about the dentist, but they also just want to feel like the dentist cares about them, that they care about their life issues or, you know, their child is sick or someone just passed away. It's not just about, well, I'm sorry about that, but, you know, come see these patients and everything. So we just have to really care about one another what goes in the office or in the office as well as outside the office, not necessarily crying, but recognizing that we all have lives and we all have responsibilities and we're human. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point about telling, being open to tell each other almost what you mean to each other. And for some people, it's a really vulnerable thing to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we know from our coaching when we work in practices that team members what they tell us about their dentist is you're right. They love their dentist. Mm-hmm. They genuinely, there may be things that frustrate them like crazy about their dentist, but majority of them do look up to that person and, you know, see that, yeah, I want to, I want to help you. I want to be the best hygienist or the best assistant or whatever it is. And I think you're right. And maybe if everybody did share and was a little bit more open and it's back to that communication piece that you said at the beginning. The communication is key. And if that communication goes both ways, at the end of the day, I know when I was in practice, I would make always make a point of going to my hygienist at the end of the day and saying, thank you mm-hmm. for what you did today. Whatever it was, whatever thing that stood out, I would always say thank you. But likewise, if it could work two ways, mm-hmm. that an assistant could come to the dentist at the end of the day and say, hey, you know, you made my day so much better because you, you know, it made meant so much that you said I d- did a great job with Mrs. Brown or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if communication is both ways. I think that's the, the key, isn't it? So one of the offices I talk about in my book, I worked there when I was a dental assistant. And the doctor 
factor probably was key in me getting into hygiene school, which she was very competitive to get into. First time, wrote me a great letter at that time. He was president of the local dental society. He keeps, he's semi-retired now, but I still go to the office as a patient, my husband and I. But he keeps the, the break room fully staffed with food. And I recommend that offices try to have snacks available because sometimes people, unfortunately, do run into lunch a little bit. I don't, you know, people should get a lunch. But unfortunately, sometimes things happen. Or you don't know in the office who is food insufficient. And sometimes assistants, especially, they are living check to behind check and everything. So having just key things in the office can really hold somebody over until something happens. At that particular office, they have the pictures of all the team members' family. So they've taken professional pictures, maybe at a meeting, they have it there. So basically, sometimes offices say will say we're a family atmosphere. I tend to hate that. But at that office, they actually are. They've gone through some positive things. They've gone through negative things where, you know, someone lost their spouse to the cancer. And they have been there for one another. So much so that I wasn't wanting to practice clinically when I was pregnant with my son. I was like, oh, COVID, I don't want to practice. The hygienists have stayed there for years, years, probably 20, 30 something years. And someone was leaving and they told me, oh, what's such and such is, is retiring. And I was like, oh, can I work here? <laughs> you know, I was, because it's, you can't get into that office. So if you have a good work culture, it does make it easier to attract and retain team members because you actually are showing that you care about them. And if you care about them, they're going to care about you. They're going to work just as hard and, you know, try to reasonably help the dentist out. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you you said so much there that is is important and valuable. What I would love to know from you now, with your experience, both clinically, coaching, consulting, speaking, everything that you know. If you had a magic wand that you went into a, a practice that was was having some divide, was having some issues, what would that magic wand do first? I think it would just make everyone quiet for a moment. <laughs> it would just make everyone quiet because every sometimes everyone is... If you think about an argument, so sometimes let's say my husband and I have an argument and we're just trying to get our own message across so much that we're not listening to one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going on in the industry. So, you know, the dentists want to get their message across and sometimes it's upset about the dental insurance reimbursement and then patients, you know, they need more treatment and they don't want that treatment. They want a propane and they actually like have full bone perio or whatever. And then with the hygienists, they have their they have their perspective and their trauma. You know, we've been we've been traumatized and sometimes abused. And so everyone is trying to really come at each other like like Infinity Wars. Like I love movies. So like Infinity Wars, the two sides are trying to butt heads and, you know, win the war. But just take a moment and breathe and just listen to one another, you know, maybe write down the challenges and then we try to see come to ahead to what needs to be done a compromise so mm-hmm. that would be it you know almost like putting each other like with little kids like go to your corner and sit down your time out <laughs> don't come out until you're ready to listen <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Kiss and make up, you know 
it's like when your mother used to make you hug your brother or something. You're like, I don't want to hug you either. How do you, you know, but you had to. So it's right. the same thing. And the thing is, it's we need one another. So we, despite, despite hygienists wanting to be more autonomous, we do need one another. And despite some dentists wanting to get rid of hygienists and just hire associates to do hygiene, we're all pieces of a big puzzle, the healthcare puzzle. So no matter how you want to practice, you know, still need one another. So we still need to work together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I love that. I I wish you I wish you that magic wand to take everywhere and <laughs> and utilize. But but I think that's really valuable, you know, to just take the time. You know, I think in the in the dental world, we get so we get so focused on the production and the seeing the patients and taking that opportunity to take a step back and shut down the office for a day and listen to each other, do those well interviews and really get to know each other, care, develop that culture is is a wonderful start to bridging that gap or bridging that divide. So very valuable. Yeah, I think it's very important because it's it's so expensive to find a team member as opposed to making sure the team members you have right there are happy first before, you know, finding a team member. And then, you know, they don't want to feel they don't feel want to feel taken advantage of. So one of the big ills that's happened too is that so maybe a hygienist was told they couldn't get a raise, but then you need another hygienist and you're giving the other hygienist a lot more money than that person who's been with you for a while or sign on bonuses and things. So just making sure everyone's happy and that it's fair is gonna be important. So it's a lot. It's a lot going in the industry. <laughs> I don't. I'd, I'd have to really have a couple ones probably, but I just hope that we can come together and some offices are just doing it so right. And they're not really having these issues. They're keeping team members for a long period of time. And there's other things that have transpired. So it's not just that hygienists are are in different hygienists and assistants and office manager are leaving because of these negative things. Some of it is childcare issues. Like I have a two-year-old son. I don't want him to be in daycare. I don't have all my family around. So I do a lot of non-clinical things and when my husband can watch him or occasionally if I have a, a big horse or something, I get a friend to watch him for the day. But there's other things and some people are taking care of older family members and some things that could happen is licensed portability. So, you know, if 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 I'm in Florida and I see a great job in Colorado or recently someone is a hygienist is selling her office in Colorado. I don't have a license. It would take a lot to go over there. So I know that they're working on that, but having license portability for dentists and dental hygienists can really help with that, with the shortage, so that you're not stuck and having to pay an exorbitant amount of fees and take an exorbitant amount of tests just because you cross borderlines. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a whole nother topic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's something but a very important one. It's contributing to the problem because you may see a wonderful job and be able would be able to move in a heartbeat for that job, but you're not licensed. So mm-hmm. that's a problem. And that's that's something that the industry has to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's almost when I hear that it feels like it's 50 different countries in one country rather than one country and 50 states. It's It's completely different. So, I mean, you've shared with us today some... I think really valuable insight that 
it's lovely to have to be able to have this conversation with you. If people have been listening to what we've been chatting about, how can they get in touch with you and what offerings have you got available? So they can follow me on social media because that's intensity where I'm at mostly every day. <laughs> Checking out my social media. So Instagram is KMC.smiles and Facebook is my name, Carrie Carter Shirellas. They can email me at smiles at gmail.com. And then my link is bit.ly burnout dental hygienist. So they can follow that. My current offerings that I have is recently I did a course for dental hygienist alternative careers. So, you know, the ones who don't want to practice dentistry so much or they want side gigs, just showing them that there are other things out there. And that course, people were really inspired to see that there are other careers out there for dental hygienists as well. And I'll be offering that as a recording for people who weren't able to make that Mm -hmm. online course so they could purchase that. And then they can always contact me for speaking. I speak either virtually or Mm -hmm. in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been very insightful. I appreciate your candor and honesty and bringing real world examples for us. I also appreciate how you champion and advocate and you have a love for the dental world that is just palpable. So I really appreciate how much you do for the dental world and also appreciate the fact that you're you're bringing up the hard topics. You're bringing up the things that need to get talked about, that we need to listen about. And, and that's a very brave place to be, to come from. So thank you for, for being so brave and really advocating for everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, like I said, I try to be a bridge. So I have friends and throughout the industry, dentists, hygienists, assistants, everything. And um, I don't like us to pile on one another. I want us just to listen to one another and to bring about positive change because everyone needs help and, you know, everyone's right out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to care, take care of each other as well as our patients, right? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk It Out and that you found a little bit of encouragement from Carrie today. We know that we adore you, our Mint Door listeners. So um, share this episode. Make sure that who needs to hear it, hears it. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Mint Door Podcast. Bye.